Welcome to Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon, a production of iHeartRadio. Sports fans, golf fans, or just fans, welcome to a holiday edition of Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon. Max, we're giving people an episode. If travel is something people are doing this holiday season, this could be something to listen to an airport or, you know, an airplane, if that's even a thing people do anymore. A long car ride? Long I mean, car. you could do that. Potential. I know someone possibly driving very far, very soon. Yeah, uh, you are going to listen to all of the podcasts. I'm, <laughs> I do not envy your drive, Shane. The, uh, the bummer of the drive to connect. How long is it? I don't want to look it up. But <laughs> I, I know how long it is to go to Texas where I'm going is my first stop. Not close, but I've, I was thinking about this this morning as I was refreshing my podcast app. It's not a big podcast week. No, Christmas it's not. week is pretty brutal. It's a lot of the best of podcast and, you know, they take snippets from guests. Luckily, we don't really have those, so we don't really do that. But uh, a fun day today, one of my last days in the state of Arizona, and you and I teamed up together for the first time. Yeah, we played the uh, Outlaw Tour, a mini tour here in Arizona, um, gets good fields in a lot of their events. They do a great job with social media. Shane, you had the great idea last week. You texted me about possibly partnering up, uh, two man scramble, Joel Damon and Brandon Harkins. were going to play. Uh, we got to be in their group. Um, it was a fun event. I think 16 to 20 teams, something like that went out there. Uh, I mean, at 30, 34 teams, 34 teams, 34 teams. I got the leaderboard right here. Hey, we held our own. I thought. I thought we hung in there. Yeah, we uh, we shot 14 under, T6th. We got bumped by one team. The winner shot 17. Uh, as you mentioned, we played with Joel and Harkins, and they they beat us by two. They Damon Early was in a place that few have been in terms of the mental space. I mean, he lips out a wedge from, you know, 130 yards, no angle. On what the third hole and then or the fourth hole and then fourth hole, yeah, and then holes his next shot from the fairway on the next part. Yeah, from like one twenty-five. Harkins hooped the long one on one. I thought <laughs> we we're gonna have an early lead because we hit it in close on one, and they hit it on the fringe like thirty feet, and Harkins made it. Then the next hole, Joel hit one close for eagle, and then Harkins made that putt. Uh, they they had the good ham and egg early to be three through two, and then all of a sudden Joel just hit the gas. Um, he honestly should it could have been closer on the next par five. He hit it where we thought it was going to bounce up to like eight feet. It just stuck in the fringe. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously he's really good. I think he's 60th in the world. We talked about it today. Um, this is, uh, I think, one of your better ideas. We could even call it a good idea I'm, I'm if we it. wanted. Uh, but I think the tour uh, and media outlets do a, a good job of accenting people like Joel. And Joel's becoming much more popular as he should. He is... Uh, First off, like just a great dude, um, funny, likable, very relatable. Like he, he won't take himself too seriously. I think anybody who comes across Joel would would get on with him quite well, um, especially considering he's a he's a legitimate PJ Tour star. But your point to put him then in more PJ Tour live groups and people like him because we get to see these videos of someone like Joel being funny and fun and screwing around with Gino as caddy, and they have the best you know relationship going right now. They're they're just content machines, but. I don't really know if that's enough. We want to see Joel play golf too, because I think it's easy to say, Oh, Joel, that's the fun loving guy. It's like, yeah, Joel's also like a killer on the golf course. He is so good at golf. I mean, it's, it's something you I'm assuming have battled in your career. The last couple of years is 
you have something that's likable, and that being your ability, your I mean, your you know, your wit, basically. <laughs> but you know, your your ability to be funny and relatable and a human and have fun on social media, and that especially Twitter has been something that has become a weapon for you. But at the same time, we in the media, and I'll throw myself in there, we love to jump all in on anything that's a little bit different. And you being this, you know, open book on social, now it's let's use Max across all platforms in every capacity, which, you know, I mean, it's it's a little bit like going back to what you're saying about Damon. It's like, yeah, but Max can play too. And the same thing about Joel. And one of my few requests for 2021, I just would love to see, you mentioned PJ Tour Live. We were talking about it before the podcast started. I would love to see, I mean, I get that superstars sell product. I get that the super duper names are who people tune in for. But something I learned when I was caddying on the, on, from a couple of LPJ friends of mine were people aren't fans of you until they're fans of you, you know, and you play in a pro-am with a group and Irene show has this huge personality and she's hilarious and she's a lot of fun to be around and she'll yuck it up with the guys. She has fans for life after that. And to me, if you could throw you and Joel and somebody else that you guys get on with Hubbard or whomever, you throw them in a PJ tour live group and you force golf fans for lack of a better term to watch you guys interact, talk, chat, but play as well for a couple of days. You know, it just, to me, it grows, it grows the superstardom in golf because all of a sudden now 10 more people like Joel and 20 more people like you and 30 more people like Hubbard and, it it shows that there's it's not just you know the ten names we talk about. Yeah, I think you know the the overused but very important saying uh, that's that we we reference on this podcast quite a bit. But grow the game uh, can be looked at in a million different ways. It could be grow the game of uh, you know average public golf. That's typically what we're looking at, making getting more people involved in the game of golf, more young people involved in the game of golf. Um, but if you looked at it in a professional sense, uh, we can also grow the game by, like you just mentioned, getting the middle guy more fans. And in theory, adding then to the viewership, because again, if you have an event, um, Mayakoba would have actually been a good example as it's most recent, but you get an event that doesn't have all of the stars. It had a few, uh, I don't really think I can't put my, I mean, I know Victor is a star, but he, he's also just grown his brand, but, uh, you get, yeah, Brooks and I think Ricky missed the cut. And then a lot of the stardom goes down. JT played great. So he was one good one to have in there, but all of a sudden people start to like kind of tune out because the superstars aren't there. And I guess selfishly, and, and I understand that I'm really speaking from my own, you know, opinion and, and that's maybe not exactly the, the consensus majority, but I get labeled and Joel gets labeled as the relatable fun guys. And it only gets picked up because we are more like people that play golf recreationally. But when you don't, you do us a disservice in my opinion, when you don't then show us play golf because right. the reason a, someone like a Joel and a Mark Hubbard are so cool in the game of golf is because they're also really good at golf and they take it very seriously. They work hard. They really, you know, tr obviously try, they care. They're they're This is what they're great at. And they also seem to be able to do it in a, in a fun loving manner at times. But if you saw us on the golf course, I mean, it's, it's very serious when we play tournaments. So it'd be nice to get both, but I mean, that's not up to me. And, and I understand that, um, you know, maybe the numbers obviously wouldn't be in, in, in their favor if they did that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, essentially known as the Twitter guy. That's cool. I, I would, wouldn't, wouldn't like, I don't knock that at all. It's what I've be, you know, kind of built my stuff around, but at the same time, the shot people talk about constantly about my golf game is that I shanked a golf ball. And it's just like, 
I mean, it's funny. Does it get old a little bit? Yeah. Of course. I mean, I'm still, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with, you know, people knowing who I am because it means I'm on TV and I'm doing something right, but I'm a lot more than a shank. Joel's a lot more than somebody who wears a bucket hat. Like, I mean, he's a, he's been just as a perfect example. He's like literally 60th in the world. He's been playing unbelievable golf. So it would be nice if that was highlighted a little more. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just kind of, like I said, being a little selfish here, well, no, and, no, no. I, in, like introspective, but that's how I see it. It is a bit frustrating at times because I do think that this year, Joel's going to have a breakout year. I, I already know I'm going to have a breakout year. I can feel it. So I'm kind of using it a bit as fire because I, I just feel like I haven't maxed out what I should be doing. Same as, same as Joel. And he's kind of burst on quite a bit more than I have lately. But I, I feel like if we could both be doing that, same with Hubbard, same with Taylor Gooch, like these guys that I, I've talked about. I know they're my friends, but these are people you're going to see, I think, on the leaderboard a lot this year. And now we're going to have to re-catch up to, you know, their golf game instead of, and they're, I already know what they're going to do. They're going to talk about the same BS. You know, Max Holm was born in Burbank. He is a Kobe Bryant fan. He, It's like, no, like when you start talking about like the golf, like Joel Damon hits the ball about as well as most anybody. Taylor Gooch is like as well-rounded a player. Mark Hubbard has one of the best short games and, and and putting like you'll you'll see it's just like i don't know let's let, let's already know that so that when somebody pops up on the the leaderboard we don't have to go back and like cover everything from ground zero again we're going to take a quick break and be right back i i think it's the deeper dive into I think it's homework. And I mean, I think this is, again, like I'm going to co-host a new show for Golf Channel and it's on me and Damon and our crew and our team to talk about Justin Thomas and Brooks Kepka and Tiger and Phil. But it's on us as well to expand on you as a player. What is Max doing so great in 2021 that maybe he wasn't doing as great in 2020? And let's explain the golf as well. And you know what? On the back end of that, I can throw up one of your tweets because they're good and they are funny. And that does make you unique. But at the same time, like being around you guys today, I mean, obviously I knew I was going to be the worst player in the group. I'm playing with, you know, three professional golfers. And as you mentioned, a guy that's 60th in the world and a PJ Tour winner and Harkins, who I played a couple of times with and is unbelievable. And, you know, I'm, I'm playing with you guys and I understand that I'm less than as I'm playing. But when you see in person the freewheeling ability of you guys, and I look at the leaderboard now through these 30 teams and see how many two-man teams shot 14-under, 15-under, 16-under in a silly event that's scramble, it's just a reminder to me of how deep golf is and how many great players are out there. So, again, that that's something I'm been really I'm cognizant of and I want to focus on this year with the new show and this, this new platform and this new team that's so excited about it is I want to talk about the – 75th ranked player a decent amount because they're worth talking about they've they've gotten to a point where they're where they're it's worth the chatter i think that's where the cut line thing really does ease everybody into this because i'm not saying that the 75th ranked player in the world or whatever is your example is going to be on that line more the point is it gives you a free opportunity to throw up a random ass dude that's not dustin that's not brooks that's not rory that's not tiger but have there be some serious like entertainment and context to it because you can be like hey this guy's on the cut line it could be dustin it could be rory it could be brooks but it could also be joel it could be harry higgs it could be 
um, Nate Lashley. Like it could be anybody. And now you're going to start to see more people integrated very smoothly into a broadcast where you don't feel like you're forcing, uh, you know, maybe me onto the, the telecast. Like I get that that's, that's not selling, you know, John Rom sells. I totally understand that, but this would be an easy way to be like, Oh, this is really exciting. Oh, and this guy, Oh, we don't see this guy very often. Um, Oh, and here, Oh, now I'm a fan of this guy's game or, Oh, what a heartbreaking miscut or what a backdoor may, you know, just stuff like that. I think that that would be a smooth, easy way. I think that's to your point about your new show, uh, is going to be, uh, you guys have a lot more room to highlight, not the most obvious content. Um, we all are going to, and we're going to talk about it here, but Charlie Woods and Tiger Woods were the highlight of the week in golf for good reason. I'm not saying I want less of that. I just would like some expansion on other people when it's available. And I feel like it's available a lot more than people know. And it's a bit of a disservice to, to not just the the golfers, but to the game of golf in a bit, because you say, say it, the Monday Q guy case of the Mondays on Twitter talks about all the time. Depth in golf is, is crazy. And it's, it's, I guess maybe as a, as a fan of the game, I'm tired of hearing it. I'd like to see what you're talking about. I, and I'm with you. And, and again, that is, that is, I'm, again, I, I want to focus on that and talk about that because I think it's interesting. And I think kind of to my point earlier, golf fans might not know that they're interested or they like this person until they're shown that the person is, is their style or their personality, or they hit the shots that they like to see, or they're funny or they're serious or whatever the personality trait is or the human trait. And then into their golf is important. So I, I do want to talk about our team today. Um, I, I wasn't great early. I did, it was a little cold early. I, I was, I was struggling. I had to lean the, on hey, the alarm. The alarm went off late. We talked about it on three. It's okay. The alarm I, it just it took it me a, a second. Yeah. took me a minute to get going. Um, I was just looking at, we made eight straight at one point. We, we've already eight through 15 for those people who, who obviously haven't gotten to watch same play golf. It's very good. Now, obviously this is not your job. It's, it's tends to be uh, like most people more hit or miss early. Wasn't the best, but on the back nine, I, I mean, from nine on, I didn't feel like you really hit a squirrely shot. You hit one, not great one in the par five. Other than that, it was fairly flawless golf, made a ton of six to 10 footers, hit a bunch of wedges to six and 10 feet, uh, made the best birdie of the day on 11, um, the 212 yards water, right back pin. And Shane hits one in there to like eight feet, makes the putt and an oh natural uh, birdie of his own after, after Damon, just after Damon a, almost made just it. Yeah, about yeah. makes one. But I mean, like, you know, th- that was fun to watch because uh, we play a lot of golf. It was nice to be able to put your name next to a real score that people can see. And, um, you, you played some lights out golf. The shot you hit into that par three, uh, 14 to the, there 15, the one that was on is on this little shelf that would be hard on a, a PJ tour level golf course at the shelf and Shane hit a beauty in there to like eight feet, six feet. So, uh, I thought you really played some great golf. I was, I was, uh, I was pleased to watch it. It was, it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was fun. Like I said, it was early on, um, for those that have never done this <laughs> early on, when the guy putting after you uh, is a PJ Tour player, uh, it makes it way less stressful watching. <laughs> I mean, I'm still trying to make the putts, and I hit some good putts that weren't going in. But you made a couple early, like 10, 12 foot. You made a like a 25 footer at one point, just right in the dead center. You know, that, sorry, maybe that would have been 35. It feet. helps to see the line. I'll say that. Yeah, I know. I understand. <laughs> but anyway, it was it was a fun day. I'm glad we did that. Uh, we'll have to find um, some more team stuff. You, we were talking about things that get lost in golf. Something to your point, you mentioned it did not get lost in golf. Was the PNC this week? First thing, it it is called. I know it's not on the on the banner, 
It's called the father son. Yeah, don't love that. I don't. Can we just call it parent child tournament or something? Come up with some name, family know. event. It doesn't. It makes no no sense. And even back when it was father son, if you had a daughter, like just nothing. That was just not a thought we had in the in the in the early iteration of this tournament. But when I, when I heard father son, I kept going. Well, this this seems silly. Uh, but I I mean, there was a big LPGA event this weekend. I had that on probably more than the father son. I did turn it on a couple times. I did watch it. It was a lot of fun to watch. I think you and I are in the same boat here where we enjoyed it for what it was, and it was awesome. I think personally, and I don't, I'm, I don't, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, what I enjoyed the most of the whole experience was, again, watching Tiger be way more human than we knew him a long time ago. You know, in his early career, it was, I mean, Tiger wasn't somebody we could relate to, definitely not somebody we felt like we had anything in common with. He was this super-duper-duper famous person that played elite-level golf and was doing something in a sport that we'd never seen before. To see him be excited, to be out there, to be pumped up for his son, that's the stuff that I really, really, really found the coolest. Yeah, it was awesome. I think when Tiger burst on the scene, his relationship with his dad, Earl, uh, was highlighted so much. And I remember when he played winged foot U.S. Open after his dad passed away, you could just tell, man, like, it was his best friend. It took it out of him um, that he wasn't you know, there anymore. Tigers talked about it, that he put too much pressure on himself to win the Masters prior to that because he you know, knew it was the last one. And so we got all that. And then we got the middle of his career, which, um, you know, Tiger kind of, he had a, a lot of bumps in the road, some self-induced, some not, a lot of injuries. And we started to relate to him a little more as like, hey, you aren't perfect. Because when I was growing up, and I think everyone felt this way. He was as perfect as a person you could see. He was the best at golf, never in the tabloids. Everything he did seemed to t- turn to gold. So you became like, some people didn't like him because of all the stuff. And some people, I guess, saw more of the um, humanity in it uh, and, and that people are not perfect. So now we're in the back end of the career where I feel like people are just starting to enjoy his happiness because of the happiness he's provided to all of us. It's a great way. Watching him win the masters and the two minutes that, you know, Faldo and Nance made no noise in the broadcast and uh, brilliantly. So it was so cool because I felt like all of us didn't matter if you were, uh, uh, you know, older, younger, um, or, you know, in our case, like right in the middle, I felt you could just appreciate somebody accomplishing something that makes them that happy. And again, it's, it's kind of an, our love for him is an homage to how much he's meant to all of us in golf. I don't care who you are. He has done something for you in golf and watching him be a dad. And, and, and again, I'm not a dad, so I'm not even going to relate to that. Watching him be happy was fun. Um, I, I would like to know your thoughts on, you know, you have a, a one-year-old son, Henry, who hopefully will be, you guys can do some father son stuff. Um, it, or, or, well, I guess in this case it is father son. Um, but how was it watching that as, as oh. someone who now has a, a you know, young, a young child? I mean, exciting, I'd say, is probably the first word because, you know, you said Henry's one. I mean, obviously not to that age yet. And, you know, we'll get through the threes and fours and fives and him learning. He's, you know, he's holding the golf club now. He swings it. He said ball to me the other day, and I put a tennis ball in front of him, <laughs> and he hit it kind of sort of one-handed, uh, which, you know, as a father, they have no idea what they're doing. You get, like, so excited. You can barely talk. You know, you like, I text Cindy. I'm like, he just hit a golf. He just hit a ball like a golfer. You know, like, what are we doing here? Uh, do we should we call Fallon? Do we need to get him on a show? Um, but uh, I, I think it was, you know, when I watch parents with their kids, you know, and and you can tell that it is, 
and I mean, every parent loves their kid, but you know, the one you can tell when it is, when it has become their like life. And to me, Tiger comes off as a person that his kids are his life now. I mean, you, you mentioned the masters in, in 19 when he won, you know, he makes the putt, he goes crazy and that excitement to see the kids and to celebrate with them. You know, I know he talked a lot about, I, I want to win one of these so I can show my kids what it was like because they've never seen it, you know, as since they've been, you know, able to understand what was going on. I think that's the, the coolest thing for me is watching somebody who truly loves to be around their kids, who truly loves to see what their kids are doing and then to enjoy, I mean, to, to play in a sporting event together. I mean that, you know, I mean, I can't even imagine what it's going to be like when I get to do that kind of stuff with Henry. So uh, it was, that part was the coolest part. Now, I got to flip to the other side for just a second here. We need to, everybody needs to remember this. We're talking about an 11-year-old child, if we're talking about Tiger's kid. That's a kid of the, one of the most famous people on the planet Earth and has been one of the most famous people for the last 25, 30 years. We don't, I got, I got odds emailed to me today. Master, major championship odds for an 11-year-old. I mean, God, I mean, come on. It is Enjoy what don't you don't need to blow this out. Let's enjoy it for what it was. It was really cool to see. He's really, really good at golf. I think we can all agree with that as an 11 year old. That means not one ounce that he'll play professional golf or he'll play college golf. And that doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. He's out there enjoying something with his dad. I feel like collectively and I know it's a downtime in golf, but I'd say everybody probably could have pumped the brakes a hair over the weekend. Yeah, I definitely danced back and forth being on Twitter. You would see a lot of people obviously pumping out uh, videos and, and tweets and, and comments about Charlie and how amazing it was and how cool it was and everyone's wigging out. And then you get some people who are like, you know, let's just let him be an 11 year old. But it's also like, well, you know, I saw both sides. Let us enjoy this for it's still con tiger decided to play that event with correct his, and, his and i agree kid. with that I, and i agree so with there's that. definitely both but yeah thinking about our um our junior um junior golfer podcast last week it was so much of it was like embodied in this in this uh bonanza that we had uh with them two playing um charlie's really good at golf um that does not mean like you said he will be a professional golfer and and no way does that mean that he crapped out of golf. I know kids at you know growing up between eleven and fifteen that I thought were the best golfers that I've ever seen that would no doubt be tour winners. And I would say more, way more than them, uh, than not, never even touched high level professional golf. That's no, that's no knock on them. It's just that's things change or maybe your goals in life change. Maybe you, your hobbies change. I mean, that just like has nothing to do with it. So again, I, I loved how excited people were, uh, about it because I think that's, if you can keep it at that purity of it, that that's all that mattered. That was cool. If we bounce into now, I can't wait till he's on tour. Then it's like, okay, now we're, now we're being a bit crazy. Not because I think he wouldn't make it, but just because that just truly shouldn't matter. Just, and, and Max, it's, Really, 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 really hard to be a professional at anything. Yeah. Especially sports. So that my my again, I think that it was one of the more fun watches of the year in terms of golf. I don't really pay much attention to that event year over year. Of course, when Tiger plays and stuff, we all at least put one eye on it. I was shocked and, and surprised at how much I liked the entire event. Not just Tiger and Charlie, but every father and every kid out there and 
And if it was a kid and the dad, like Justin Thomas and his dad, just because I know that, you know, I, I can't help but put myself in those moments. And I know that if I was the third ranked player in golf and golf was as I'm going to say simple just because, but if golf was as simple as it is to Justin Thomas on a day-to-day basis to get to go compete with the guy that taught you the game and your dad, those are the moments you'll never, ever, ever forget. So I look at that and I look at Tiger as now the dad with his son and any of these old legends, Trevino out there hitting shots. Trevino hit this dirty bunker shot on 18, like a skipper with a, like a gap wedge or something. And when he hit it, Dan Hicks was like, whoa, you know, like right when he hit it, Hicks knew off the face. But it was cool. It's just cool to see all those people out there playing golf. I mean, more than anything else, it was just cool to see legends play, kids play, you know, talented juniors that are going to play collegiate golf like Daly's kid. The event's cool. I just, we can enjoy it. And when the TV goes off, that's kind of what it was. Yeah, that's kind of how I saw it. I didn't watch a lick of it. I truly didn't care other than I wanted to see Tiger's Honestly, I like I just still like watching Tiger play. Right. Um, personally. Um, it was cool to see him and Charlie obviously interact. That was that ended up being the highlight of it for me from all the videos I saw on social media. Um, but like I don't think they cared who won. I don't think that I mean, obviously a little bit. I don't even you know, Justin Thomas talked about how, you know, it was weird to him that they went into the event not really caring so much if they won. They obviously happened to, um, by some great play, but that they're outlook on it was we just want to have fun with the people that matter the most to us. Um, and that's what it looked like. And so that was cool. But that's also why I just really didn't care very much because I watch sports as you wins in this case, this I didn't feel like anybody gave a damn, which is cool. But it was also good to see the videos on the side because it, it's feel good moments. It's you know, my feel good Friday for the week was just it's honest. Like I know I mentioned it 10 times, but just seeing how happy tiger was and you could add it to every parent in that field. Um, must have just been a really cool moment for all of them. Uh, getting to hear Justin Thomas's thoughts on his dad, who they have such a cool relationship. I mean, they're father and son, but they're also, you know, coach and player. And uh, that's rare. Uh, What'd you say to me today about his dad? You, would you say this morning? You're like, I didn't realize how much game he had. Yeah, I didn't realize how much. I mean, you just see him with the camera all the time. You know, he's got to be decent. Right. He played, um, you know, Xander's dad uh, is also a good player. Um, I don't know how much he plays anymore, but he was a good player back in the day. So you get a few of these, but not very many. Um, but again, if you watch them, you know, Xander and his dad play, I'm sure you just appreciate that they get to go do something together, uh, whether that's anything, I mean, shoot, I haven't seen my parents in so long because of the COVID stuff. But even when we do, it's not like we go out and play 18 holes together. We just kind of muck it up. And, um, that's the, you know, not that anybody would put a camera on that, but I think people with a heart would appreciate, you know, family being together. So this is just, uh, on, on a big stage. So again, I didn't care about the tournament. I, I still don't think I would care much, but it was nice to see the videos and, you know, it was cool to see, I mean, shoot, we're, we're fascinated by people like Charlie Woods because we want to see like the genetics get passed down a little bit. Um, I'll add this thing. We were talking about this yesterday. I think I was talking to somebody chart. Let's just like Ch- Charlie's swing as people broke down. I would honestly say as to the eye, I don't know a ton, but to the eye is possibly better than tiger swing when he was 11, but that's not what golf all is. You could tell that he is a comfortable with a golf club in his hand. You might be able to assume that part of that is because of the genetics passed down. Part of it could just be he's good and tigers taught him whatever, but to take that and then turn it into what tiger is, is a whole different thing. He made, he looked intense. He did had all the mannerisms. He like they had, you know, the synchronization. They're very, very similar, but a lot of that's just from seeing, I mean, Justin Thomas has a lot of what tiger does 
as, as far as the visuals of it, you know, kind of the way that he'll drop a club or the way that he'll twirl it. Like it's all very optically similar, but that's not what makes every, all these pro golfers like stud pro golfers. So that's why I guess where the pump, the brakes goes, but I, it was fun to watch those mannerisms be so similar just as, just as a fan of like elite athletics to watch a kid be able to mimic his dad, who is quite literally the best. Like that was fun to watch. And then you watch, you know, little John Daly, I think has the best action I've ever seen. And it's fun to watch him swing because you could see that again, it might be genetics. It might just be teaching and getting the club in your hands early and knowing what you're supposed to do with it quickly. But it was, it's fun to watch him hit. It's fun to watch Kucherson play. Like it's just, it was cool. And then I'm saying about the event is I feel like that event is so unique to golf. It's so cool to see. I think you could have it on for, the whole day, five or six hours, and people would watch and tune in because there's not a lot else going on. And, I mean, obviously, Tiger's going to take it up, you know, 15 different levels, but it, the whole thing was a success. The whole thing was a win, you know? I mean, anytime you see Tiger Woods having that much fun and finishing seventh, you know they did right in how the tournament goes. So, uh, all in all... Shane, uh, are we better than the Woods is? Because we got sixth. <laughs> we did. We I think, I mean, we... Not a lot of people are talking about it, but well, there, there is. I mean, Bacon Homa might be better than the. Woods I don't. Clan. I don't want to play him. The I don't want to play him. Do you think? What would? What do you think the odds would be set at if we had to play those two straight up? Um, well, the odds in Vegas uh, would probably lean a little towards Tiger, <laughs> uh, <laughs> considering he's Tiger. Um, there, but I think we'd have a if, if we make Charlie play the back tees, we got a good shot. <laughs> <laughs> he plays his FTs. I'm not super confident in our in, in our uh, W. But. What's the carry over this lake? And you're like, sorry, Charlie. This sorry, is a tiger man. hole. Yeah, man. this is tiger. Tiger's gonna give you the thumbs up. Yeah, this, this time. is gonna be the the big tiger thumbs up. We're gonna take a quick break and be right back. Like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of of anything that brings people to golf but i also just wanted to put it out there that enjoy things like that and let's not be the people that are talking about the future of an 11 year old yeah let's just sport. love you watching know, like, how good he was now like I'm how good thir- he is now i'm 37 my crop my ajga crop like when i was playing junior golf you talk about great players so my crop was matthew rosenfeld james vargas casey wittenberg uh jonathan moore uh, Jeff Bell, you know, and these are names that people are listening to this podcast. And unless you played AJGA golf or you've hung around the mini tours, those are not names that, that are popping up memories or wins or professional major victories. Like It's hard to take the game from good junior to professional golfer. I mean, and, and then, of course, going back to not even being a teenager yet. So uh, all in all, a win. I think I think Tiger won the weekend, though. I really do think so. Yeah, I, I mean, anywhere he goes nowadays, it just seems like it's must see tv and it was again i mean the guy just dominates the needle he's the needle as everybody says i mean it's just again i loved watching charlie i just like i i was as excited to watch tiger just hit golf balls you just like to see a guy who's in from my point of view from my vantage point somebody who helped me without knowing it get into the game of golf and to love golf and then watch somebody go as high as you can go and pretty much as low as you can go at least in the in the uh, public's eye and then back up to the top. So it's just exciting for me anytime you get to see him on TV because again, in an odd way, I like seeing him happy because of how happy he's made me. I mean, literally playing golf on the PGA tour today, mostly because of 
the influence he had on my age range in professional in, yeah. in, in junior golf into professional golf. Uh, I, I'm throwing this on you. You don't know this is coming, but I have a, a couple things I wanted to do before we get to flights. Um, obviously, a little bit of a shorter episode, but not a lot of golf to talk about outside of, you know, Max and I teaming up and finishing top 10. No Pretty big, big deal. deal. Uh, what was that? When you look back on 2020, and I'm talking just this calendar year, not the wraparound season, what's your personal tournament of the year for you what was the tournament that you will look back on in five years and think about riviera um as many know that listen to this podcast riviera uh the la open as i know it, but now the genesis invitational uh along with you know what what what's so cool now is the tigers involved but that's but those those two things are why i love golf my dad took me every year from when i was like two till i mean i i even flew back one year in college to go watch them um, it's just a place that is uh, like it's my home of golf, as Boo Weekly uh, coined about his his home course. Um, it's just where I started. Uh, never got to hit a shot, but where I just saw golf. I, I anytime I picture a professional golfer, it was at Riviera. Um, and the tournament is something that was near and dear to my heart. And to be in contention, legitimately thought I was going to win the event, um, and then shake Tiger's hand. I mean, it was a wild, wild thought, and then a lot of good execution along with it obviously didn't get the job done but that was uh that was beyond anything i did this year even playing in the masters it was the biggest pinch me moment because there were multiple times that day on sunday not to mention i was playing with dustin johnson where i was just looking around i i'll never forget the feeling again i I hope to to win it someday um but when i was on 15 green i looked at the leaderboard and it said adam scott won max homa two and i was like man like it was hard not to think of uh how cool just seeing that was because I've been on the range watching Adam Scott hit balls, getting ready for a playoff, like at that exact golf course. And that was 15 years ago, um, maybe even more. So it was just a weird, you know, fun experience and something that, you know, pushes me onward even more to win that event and win more events. But that one, especially like that is, that is my Mecca of golf. Um, get all my friends and family out there. And then even if they weren't there, it's just, that's just where, it's what I've always wanted to win. If, if, you know, kids always have their putt to win the U S open and win the masters and all that, we have all done that, but I've, I've done Riviera personally. I'm sure people have done other golf courses right? and that's how they feel about those. But that one to me is, is that was a really, really fun week. What's a shot of your gear that kind of stands out in your brain. Some one shot you hit, you know, if you kind of were going to coin it your shot of the year, but as one that just is kind of imprinted, because for me, it was three M that I think it was a seven iron on the yeah. part three. Um, I, I mean, I'm watching on TV. I was like mass stressing <laughs> and you hit that iron shot. So, I mean, it was, it looked impossible. There was water pin was left. And I think it was a seven iron. You hit it to like eight feet. And I, I like left out of my cat. I mean, I had people texting me freaking out. That was, I saw a lot of the waste management stuff. And of course I saw a lot of the stuff, even the putt you hit, you talked about 15, the putt you hit on 15, you're due for a long putt on 15 at Riv to go. But the, uh, the shot you hit at 3M down the stretch that iron was, was probably my shot. I remember the most you hit. That, that was a really good one. Um, cause that was one of those, you got to stand up there and trust what you're doing and, and hit the shot. But oddly enough, I always look at, I don't know. I have some that stand out negatively, but that taught me a lot. And then I have some random ones that I don't even know if people would understand why it's so important to me. So it's hard to narrow down. I mean, even at my Coba, I was talking to Joe Scovern about this cause we had a flight one day before the event and we were talking about, I was talking to him about mental golf and like where I'm trying to get to. And he was helping me kind of, figure that out through you know he's obviously knows a ton about golf and especially the mental side considering he carries for one of the best players in the world and he's been around the best golf in the world for the last decade but like hitting a certain shots at my coming on the stretch even though i know what knew was knew i wasn't going to win 
Um, but I wanted to have a good finish and, and getting up there and doing what we had talked about as far as trusting yourself and your ability and letting it go, because those are the things I'm trying to take to next year. I feel very, very confident going into this season because of a lot of swing stuff and, and, and physical golf stuff, but almost more so because of these mental things I've worked on. So I guess it's recency bias, but you know, hitting a three wood on 17 at uh, my Coba on Sunday was a big one for me. And I missed the fairway. That was the wild part, but it was, I, I, I it was, you know, it's a tough tee shot for me. Uh, I was a little uncomfortable. Um, and I just trusted myself and hit a pretty good shot. Missed the fairway just a little left, but I really like loved, you know, I told the first thing I told my wife after the round was I was so proud of myself. I told Joe uh, Griner too. I was so proud of myself for that shot. And then there's other ones that have come in throughout the year. You know, sometimes when you're really struggling um, to make cuts as I was, uh, certain shots along the way on a Friday will like stick out. You know, I won at 3M. Um, but yeah, there's also like we had two back-to-back. I mean, we missed, uh, gosh, like a, at least a handful of cuts by one. And two of them, I made bogey on the last hole. And learning from those two experiences, I think going forward will help quite a bit uh, in the in the career path. Joe, you know, Griner and I are going to have... Um, and just understanding little moments like that. But uh, it's always hard to narrow down. Uh, unfortunately, the ones that got away stick out more than <laughs> the really good ones. It's a golfer thing. But it's such a golfer such, thing. I mean, so lame that the we first think about- thought that came to my mind was I, I floated an eight iron into 16 at Riv <laughs> on Sunday that I thought if I hit one in there 20 feet and maybe roll it in, I win the golf tournament. But it's so much easier to do that. Um, the, the the proud moments I've had it probably aren't shots that people notice. I I was playing great at 3M and like the seven iron was sick. Like I loved it, but it, it sticks out in a, in a weird, in a, in a different light. And one of those, like, yeah, you were playing well. You, you kind of clutched up, missed the putt. Yeah. But clutched up with the swing at least, but there's so many small things that go into a, a year that as far as progression goes that I felt like we did even some that were failures. And, um, that was kind of, that's where I always seem to harken back to a little bit and just remind myself to learn from that or else it, I guess what what is it? It's it's not a failure if you don't if you learn from yeah, it. Yeah. That's kind of what I try to try to see. So it was a it was a long, honestly shitty year overall. Um, the beginning was awesome, and then it got it got not so good. Um, but I feel like I'm better now. So I think all those things, all those shots along the way that you reference, like those those actually play a big part. Gotcha. The uh, the pitch shot you hit, we were talking about today. The pitch shot you hit on eleven at waste management over the green. When that was so sick. When you're over oh the God. green because I. You hit it like you made, I think you made five. You had to get up and down for five. You bumped this shot of the hill and I was with a couple of my buddies and I just remember you and I was sitting there, you know, I mean, all you can do is watch when you're observing. I mean, there's nothing else to do. And I was like, I was like, God, I just don't want, you know, I don't want him to make six here. I mean, it's just going to be such a bum ride. And I mean, the next hole's a hard part three. Yeah. And you just said, you're telling me today, you're like, it's one of the, yeah, it was actually, it, I actually uh, made five, but I actually missed the putt for par, but it's because it went 15 feet. That's but I right. Hit the, I hit a shot over a bunker. And the only way I place I could land it, unless I wanted to hit a flop, which would have been nuts was bank it into like a three inch <laughs> gap. And I hit, did it. And it was like the coolest shot I've ever hit that didn't go close. <laughs> it was so, it was so, I'll never forget that shot. Cause I could not believe Joe let me try it, but I had like the, sometimes, you know, you have, you just have the the vision of it and you have to be like, dude, I, you got to trust me like one time on this. And cause I really see this thing working out. Um, what was your best tournament of the year that had nothing to do with golf? So you know, maybe this is pre-pandemic, but just the hotel, maybe Scotty's there, you know, Lacey's there. You, you had good meals that week. Did you have an event that you just were like, that was a good week? Yeah, by a mile, it was AT&T, Pebble Beach. Pro oh, that's Am. right. I got to, you know, partner with Aaron Rodgers, who 
Unless he wins Super Bowl, I think we're doing it again. So hopefully we're not. Um, but yeah, we all stay together. I mean, I've gotten really, really close with uh, his caddy and best buddy, Eric. Um, I've gotten really close with Aaron. Um, we're just like a, a big group of friends now. Um, and getting to hang with all them and realize that we're all very similar and we get along really well, regardless of anything really. We just are like-minded people. All of us, uh, was cool. Um, and that was just like easily the most fun week I had. I mean, it was a blast. He had never made the cut there before we made the cut. Um, you made a run too. walking. Yeah. I made a run walking up 18 on Saturday though, by far my best moment of the year, honestly, because we had pretty much solidified. I hit the fairway on my third and we were going to make the cut. And I, you know, asked Aaron, or I don't even think I say anything. Aaron walked over and he goes, I cannot thank you enough for getting me to Sunday. Uh, and I was like, man, I, you know, I was like, where do you rank this in your accomplishments? And like, I was joking in his athletic career. And he's like top five, no doubt. And it was cool to be a part of that. Cause all week, I'm not gonna lie. First thing he, they said when I showed up Monday was, um, you know, we need to make the cut. And I was, I played well the week before and, and, and here and, and at the waste management I got six and, I was pretty nervous all of a sudden because I was like, God, like I really want to get this guy. It's like playing with a Sunday. teammate. I mean, you feel That's like what it felt. Yeah, like. it's not just playing alone. We talked about it today. It was. I mean, I was like legitimately nervous the first day. I played great at Spy, and then we played pretty well at Monterey, and then I was playing great through like seven holes at Pebble, and all of a sudden we turned back into the wind, and it got cold, and it got so freaking hard. It was probably the hardest two-hour grind of the year by a mile. And like I said, being able to take a breath, see how happy it made him. Um, all of that was, that was just fun because I don't know that that was just like a cool, a cool moment that I feel like we all, we all appreciated the same, um, yeah, and yeah, me yeah. in an odd way, because it was like, I was playing well, but I really wanted, he wanted to get to Sunday bad. And I wanted him to get to Sunday bad. Uh, I did not want to, you know, join in on the miscut party. No offense, Jerry Kelly, but, um, I needed to be the guy that like broke that trend. And so that was, but that was also the most fun. Cause I thought that we all got along so well, uh, all four of us have, you know, we, we'll, we're going to go play golf again. Like anytime we are all free, like, right. it's just like what, what we talk about now. So that was cool. But, um, yeah, I mean, also just being around, uh, a dude who just gets it more than anybody. I mean, that's been, that, that was, that was the week of the year. Yeah. Uh, favorite podcast you started this year. Do you like, you're the one that really sticks out in your mind. There were a couple options okay, here. Just, I, mean, I really do like this Get a Grip podcast. This year has been fun doing this. Um, it's had its ups and downs too, you know, like the beginning, I, I selfishly obviously, but like talking about your good tournaments, are, it's fun. And then right. talking about the bad ones is not. It kind of wore on me a little bit. Um, I don't think it ever took away from the golf. This is kind of therapeutic for me at times, but it was hard because I felt like I just kept saying I'm close, I'm close, I'm close. And some days, some weeks I lied a little bit. No, no offense to you guys, but I lied a little bit. Some weeks I really believed it. And <laughs> what were those laid weeks? messing with you. Winged foot was one of them. Um, <laughs> but like, it just, it's, it, 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 but it was a fun ride because I also felt like we, we say some stuff on this podcast. I think that's really, really, really like smart and in depth and things that I think people really should hear. Yet the connections we've made with people are the dumbest things oh, on the, and that's what I love about this this podcast because I like interacting with people. I like having this connection with people, even if I don't know you personally. But if I'm playing a tournament, I know we haven't had fans in a while. But when I'm playing a tournament, someone yells, you know, uh, grab bag or gift cards, or you know, hopefully next year somebody yells steak walks. Like I vibe it so much, and I appreciate it so much. So being able to do this with you and and reach and, and be able to make like a little community with all these other people 
Hey, I don't know, man. That was that's a sneaky, sneaky, awesome part of 2020 for me. I, I thought that we we got to interact with a lot of awesome, awesome strangers. Yeah, and 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 I mean, even today, I mean, first tee, a guy asked to take our picture, and we were finishing. Another different guy said, "Congratulated me on the job," and yeah, was, you know, cool. said something nice about the pod, and you know, I mean, that that, that is cool. I, I I appreciate your honesty throughout the whole year. I mean, I know, like you said, I know that some of the stuff wasn't exactly the way you wanted it to go. I mean, it was something I talked to you about before we started this podcast. I said, there's going to be times where you're going to talk about, you know, the shitty weeks and the crappy golf and the, the bad swings. And, you know, I mean, hopefully this never happens, but you know, you've got a one shot lead or two shot lead and it doesn't go your way on 18. And, you know, we we're going to talk about that too. And I, I think that again, it, it's what makes you unique in, in professional golf and especially professional, uh, uh, podcasting so i appreciate it it's been fun i mean we have shirts now we're getting steak walk shirts made uh on imperialsports.com if you, have, if you haven't checked that out yet we're gonna have some i've steak told walks. scotty about the steak walk she her ears perked up literally hey, when do you i think said there's steak. any chance when fans are allowed back out that anybody brings a steak and walks at you walks to watch you with said steak because that would i mean that's i would say that is if we're breaking down what a steak walk is the person is eating steak and walking. That's kind of the only two requirements. Like I said, if I have beef jerky, I mean, I'm technically living the You're dream steak right walking. there. Yeah, yeah I, steak I agree walking. with you. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. Um, I want to go to some flights. Uh, I want to start with a good idea. And I feel like we rarely get to give shout outs to in-laws in just any capacity. So I want to give a shout out to my father-in-law for a good idea. I've had this in my notes for about a month and a half as you know, we were in the works with, with what we were going to do with NBC and, and, and obviously getting the contract done and getting all things, all the things set. So my father-in-law said to me about a month and a half, two months ago, he said, you know, if you guys end up moving, you should leave a set of clubs at my house. So you never have to fly back with clubs again. Now. I, I mean, I have, as you know, I have, a decent amount of golf clubs here, all left-handed. So I don't have as many people to, to maybe give them to or hand them down to or whatever. So I put together an awesome set of pretty nice clubs. Never have to fly with clubs again when I come to Arizona. Not an awful idea. I, I do remember I was, God, where was I? I was at some ritzy titsy golf course. Gosh, I can't remember. And uh, somebody asked him, uh, asked a guy on the range, random guy, don't know, don't know him at all, but, He's, he made a comment like, oh, yeah, well, uh, I have my my PXGs here, but my Titleists are at blah, 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 other course. And I was like, damn, that's like a super flex. You never travel to your clubs because you just leave clubs at all your country clubs. Like, I mean, that's so smart. So I'm, I'm all in with, yeah, leave leave a set here. The yeah. problem is, is you're going to find a club that you love that you're always going to need to bring. I know, but, and- but, but I will also say that on the, on the flip side of that point, sometimes when you get back and you have different clubs, it's oh, kind of fun to, to slap around with them. Always. Yeah. I mean, always. maybe you don't have your favorite driver there, but it's like, I can make this stuff work and I can make this stuff sing. So it's like Harkins with his wedges. You know, he's, yeah. he's got a couple of them. He's like, yeah, I'll he's hit whatever. It's going to get close. I got a, a good idea. Um, I'd like to see more team events that matter. I love the Zurich. Um, I really think that it brings some eyeballs to golf. I think being creative isn't a bad idea. We don't necessarily need to do a two-year exemption. Uh, or you could, but you don't necessarily need to do like an Augusta National Masters uh, bid. But playing it for the money, you're going to get a lot of players, good players um, playing in it. Um, here's my, I'm hoping to play with Taylor Gooch and the Zerg this year. Taylor, if you're listening, 
give me an answer, please, and thank you. Yeah, and um, well, you know what? We'll give him a free shirt. Give him a yeah, steak. Yeah, you sure? I might even buy you a steak. Um, <laughs> but like, I just think that they're cool. Watching like watching the uh, last two, you know, quote unquote, silly season events we've had uh, in golf. You know, the the obviously the PNC, and then uh, the one before. Uh, I guess the shootout. Knows the shoot. Yeah, the shootout. I mean, they're like. Again, I didn't tune in because the stakes don't matter, and that makes me as a viewer not really matter. So I get that, but I think having a having events that do matter would bring a lot of excitement. I appreciate the Zurich for for moving to that because I think it was an event that didn't have a ton of interest for whatever reason, maybe time of the time of the year or whatever. But I think it does have interest now. Like it's one that we. Joel and I talked about it today. You and I talked about it today. We're all talking about, oh, who, you know, who do you, since we were playing a partner event, who do you do the Zerk right. with? Who are going to do it with? Do you love playing the event? So I think it's um, definitely something, I don't know, playing today was a lot of fun. I have a, I have a good idea wrinkle for your idea. <laughs> wrinkle me I, up. I just popped in my head. So don't this, even pop me in the dryer, Shane. Uh, let it wrinkle. Here we go. So I think one of the things that people, especially hardcore golf fans, don't love about the Zurich is that you get exemptions in the stuff if you, if it's a team event. So if Ryan Palmer plays with John Rahm, who's you know one of the top two ranked players in the world, and they win the team event, they both get exemptions and all this stuff. So just a, a slight wrinkle for a team, a new team event. So you play the team event. If your team wins, you have a playoff where you have to play your teammate for all this stuff. So you're with Gooch. You guys win Zurich. Now to get all the exemptions, it's one-on-one playoff. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna, unfor- out of dryer. I'm gonna unfortunately throw it in the dryer because okay, it's okay. a little flawed. But like Brooks Kepka and Chase Kepka play or played, right? And I imagine if but that, Chase that's, that's did it, he lets You're Chase saying Brooks win. gonna throw it? I mean, his brother would get full status on tour. I understand that, but I mean, you know, if you're if you're, I mean, Brooks Kepka being an outlier here, somebody that has won a whole bunch of majors and maybe winning another PJ Tour event doesn't matter. But I, mean, you know, I mean. If you're playing Taylor and you're going for PJ Tour win number two, and you know he's going for PJ Tour win number one or two or three, I mean you guys are going to try to win. It's not like you're going to give it to the guy that if he doesn't have a win or if he's only got one, right? I agree. I mean, it was my job on this podcast to to point out. Now the that's the one chance. If you've got your brother, for God's sakes, if, you know if if your brother's a teammate, maybe you guys aren't allowed. Maybe you can't have a family member in there. Oh, uh, well, now the we're status. talking. All right, it needs the status. Now we're talking. I, I have. A, I like that idea. Along with uh, the this, my toughest on course decision of the week was about a partner tournament today. Let's in hear fact. it. I was on the way over. I was thinking about whether or not I was supposed to care about how we played today. We talked about it in the cart. I wanted to have fun. I obviously also was thinking like, well, I'd like to play well, but like, I just really want to have fun today. Um, you know, I don't want it to be a, a full grind. Uh, Joel mentioned today that their cart got quite tight yeah. on the back nine. I didn't really want to have that moment, but I also want to get the juices flowing. So that was, that was my toughest on course decision. I thought we did good. I, I never felt like we, we, were down or, or grinding. I felt like, um, you know, there are times, uh, we weren't as happy with our shots or as putts as, as we would have liked to be, but I don't know. Um, it was, it was an odd feeling going to an event, kind of like Justin Thomas said about the PNC, what, which was like, I just don't, it's odd not to care as much if we won or not, right. which I did care. But at the same time, I also, I think my main goal today was to just like have a fun day. Um, when th- there was a putt, I think, I think when I made that putt on the par three, so that would have been what 14 or 15. Yeah. 15 maybe. Yeah. When I made that putt, 
and they because they were they were three up on us early and we obviously knew they were two I mean they, they were going to be the two guys that most likely were going to have a chance to win it and when I made that putt I was like kind of looked at the card as we got in the cart and I was like we were live and then we go par par birdie to finish yeah. probably probably a bad I got a dumb idea hit me I meant this mentioned this on Twitter uh, I was talking on Twitter about could you have a full wardrobe of just by winning professional events so you get jackets um Tucson used to get the helmet Texas, San Antonio. Who does boots. pants? Nobody. That's the thing. We need pants. Some tournaments. At the very least, pants. like a bathing suit. Had, had, had a couple of people mention that. Why not? Like the Scottish Open gives a winning kilt, which could work as well. Uh-huh. But what we're missing is the pants. And then you could make it like the tailored slam or the clothes slam <laughs> or the outfit slam. You could make the person take the picture in it. Because um, Phil has Phil has the helmet. A green jacket. I'm not sure. I don't think he's one. I don't think he's one. He could actually fashion his other green jackets into pants. What if? What if? If you won a second Masters, you got pants. Because no, now, now we're talking. You only get the jacket once. So what if you get a pair of tailored? No, green Jack pants? Nicholas has pants, a jacket, uh, shoes, a belt, <laughs> and an undershirt. Probably a huge necklace. He's dialed. <laughs> he's gonna look um, fresh. Uh, can I just also just to follow up on my my dumb idea about the pants? I don't understand the saying, no shoes, no shirt, no service. Because that, in theory, means you could go into the shop with no pants on. Is this implying that we always are wearing pants? That would be such a flex to walk in, no pants, but with the shoes and a shirt on, and then be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you're like, I saw the sign outside. You're like, I'm following the rules. I am following the rules. So, you know, just, I mean, just a thought. Thought that thought that was the same. I'm moving that to the good idea category. Okay, okay. Just let's change the same. Add pants on your sign if you have it outside uh, your business. I have a best shot I saw someone hit. Let's go. Two are obvious. One is very obvious because not everyone was there today. Are these Joel Damon? One was Charlie Woods, five wood, hooked oh, yeah, on yeah. trees. I know it's got a lot of play, so, but I need, I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least. Listen, it was awesome. It was, awesome. Even, it was a huge hook. First ever eagle he ever so, had. So cool. Um, Joel Damon made a wedge today, as we referenced earlier, which was wild. But the other best shot I saw someone hit that no one knows about, I went and played a late nine holes yesterday with uh, Riggs from Barstool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Where'd you guys play? Silverleaf. We okay. actually played 13 holes. So we snuck it, snuck him in. Um, but we got paired with this random kid also named Max. Uh, we made a joke or I made a joke. I don't know if he thought it was as funny as I did. It was great. I don't no, no, know. No, how, oh, was jo- joke? how was your joke? Riggs thought it was very funny. What was, what was it? Uh, I told him that today we're playing for our namesake. Ooh, and on nice. the first one I made birdie and he missed a birdie. And I said, you know, basically like I'm still the alpha Max <laughs> in this group. Um, but on the second hole, he, uh, his drive didn't go particularly far, so he couldn't see his second shot. He, I wish he would have seen it. Me and Riggs were watching, and he pulled like he hit like a five wood or something, pulled it a little left of the green. It was going to be fine regardless, but it landed and hopped thirty feet in the air, and not like dead right, but like perfectly angled right at the pin, landed on the green, and then spun. And we realized it hit the inside edge of a sprinkler head just off the green and bounced so perfectly like we told him like this is the best bounce that you will ever get in your life he didn't get to see it which was a bummer but there's a huge you know mark on the ball and then he rolled in the 15 footer for birdie and we were very like we were stoked like it was it was wild then he lipped out five times and every after that and every time the ball lipped out he's like that bounce on two like i used up all my good luck um how'd you play at silverleaf i played great i was a lot under through 13 and better yeah. than we played today? Uh, no, because we were 14 under. 15, 15 right? 15. We shot no, 14, 14 under. 14. 14 under. You're right. Sorry. Um, 15 would have got us jumped. If up I would have matched my, my 
uh, wedge play yesterday to today, we would have had a real chance to beat Joel. Uh, and then who ended up winning? Kalki or something? Um, we would have had a chance to contend. That's all that really matters. We were, we were vibing. Shane, like I said, you played freaking awesome, especially on that back nine. It was a sight to behold. I was a little nervous for our team on um, on that 11th hole, the 212-yard part three. It did not look very appealing, and Joel hit one to like a foot. And I was just like, oh boy, like this, that's a great shot on any day, um, on any golf course. So we needed to step up and you stepped up there and hit, I might put that in my best shots I saw this week. The natural birdie on 11 when we, when we needed it, you know, we needed a, a nice shot in there. I, I personally needed it. So I didn't have to sweat my shot. You'd have to I sweat. wanted, I wanted you to hit a good one and you did. Um, I, I want to throw in um, a, a point and one of the best things I've heard this week. And it was from Damon today. So you know how I always talk about golf terms that drive me crazy, and I always say less than driver is one of my least favorite. I hate less than driver. It's not great. Um, Joel said something today. I uh, made the comment. Which I had never heard anybody I, say, by this, the way. I thought it was great. So they made birdie on nine, and they shot. I mean, what do they shoot on the front? They shoot 10 on the front. 11 and nine, I think. Is that right? They were 11 through nine. So they shot, 20, they shot 10 on the front. They shot 26 nine. on the front, made two eagles and one par. So they made birdie on nine to shoot 26, and I said, nice front. And Joel goes, I don't, I hate when people say that. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, he said, I just don't understand why you'd say nice front. It's not a nine hole. We don't play nine hole tournaments. And I was like, it's a good point. I had never heard anybody say nice front nine. I didn't think twice about it. But when Joel brought it up, I said, yeah, I mean, I guess if somebody did say that to me, that to me, he said, people have said it to him in tournaments. Right. And I, I would never consider saying that to them. Oh, great. Nine holes. <laughs> um, so uh, probably our last podcast we're going to do in person oh. for a while. Uh, it's going to be a lot of That's on the, the phone. worst thing I heard this week. I know it's a bummer. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm so I'm bummed that I'm not going to be able to hang out with you and all the obviously the people in Arizona. Um, we do a decent amount during the year on the road, which is going to be how we do it. And we'll my, go with it. I have, I have somehow finagled my wife into allowing my podcast desk into our apartment. That's big. Um, she said, I need to eye it when I get there to make sure it'll fit, but it's going to be, it's good. So we're going to figure out it'll be all right. It's going to, it's going to work. make so, its way into the apartment. It will find it. It'll way. be, it'll be in the corner. So I'll still have a place that I feel at least comfortable doing it. But, um, do you have a particular podcast episode? that we've done from 2020 that you feel like you enjoyed doing the most. I loved the junior one last week. Again, recency bias possibly, but I loved talking about that stuff. Cause that, that to me is what matters. It's making sure kids have fun. It's making sure that the ones that want to do it have proper information to do. So uh, getting into college is a massive accomplishment. So if you can get a scholarship in for golf, I think that's a big deal. So I felt like we touched on that a lot. Um, oddly enough, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly the right, ones or the 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 episode numbers but the ones that we said i don't know what we're going to talk about are the are all my favorite yeah they all turned into be this wacky bs that is why i wanted to do podcasting uh, i have a i like you i've decided now you are in this world too have a freaking weird brain um <laughs> yes. and when we can just talk about nothing it ends up being the most fun i have a favorite podcast moment uh, of the years when the guy asked me how Victor Hovland's chipping's been oh going, or if he's been working it's on it, that was my favorite. It moment. might be the you, hardest. Might be the hardest I laugh. Do, do you have a favorite episode? Dude, dude, or the, I mean, the, I was thinking, I was thinking about this. I wrote this down in my notes to ask this question, and I was kind of thinking about some of the ones we'd done. I think personally, the first one's one of my favorite ones we did because Max, a, I watched pretty much your whole waste management. <laughs> yeah, you were there. Yeah. Almost got arrested. But almost got arrested for getting waters for your my wife. Hungover wife. Yeah. <laughs> this is your wife and myself. Um, 
getting waters with the media badge inside the ropes. Apparently, he's against the rules. No, for, not allowed. For Lloyd, the pre-COVID, it should have been allowed. Oh man, yeah. he grabbed my arm. He wouldn't have done that now. No. But um, I I was there was a moment on Friday where I was like, okay, if Max misses the cut, then you know at least we'll just it's the first podcast we can talk about the week. We're out there. And I was kind of sweating it. I, th- I think that was the day you might have made five on 11 on Friday or something. And, and you were right around the number. And then you just went. Is ham still a thing? To say? I would say. It's, okay. Yeah, it's you fine. went. I, I have, don't use that much, but you went. Monica's ham. over so we could say ham. Yeah. And uh, my kosher it, side of me is allowed. You, you birdie. I think you birdied like 13. You made a, a sweet putt on 14. You birdied 15. You missed a putt on 16. Then you did you birdie 17 and 18. Yeah, I think I parred. Thir- 13 was the avenue. It was the turning point because i hit it way left then way left then in the bunker then up and down and it was a big sweat then yeah got through 14 with a birdie which is like the hard hole oh man back. you made like a long like yeah, a good 15, solid 17 18 got myself in the house and made the cut it was yeah, and then you, a bit then of I, a sweat and then obviously you played great on the weekend but just personally the roller coaster i went through <laughs> on the golf got course to live the at, rest of my year in one week <laughs> that, that moment i was like uh, you know, again, I'm I'm trying. I'm like, I'm sure there's. We'll talk about plenty of stuff. There's so many concepts we can do. This is a new podcast. We're gonna have so much fun with it. But for you to play yourself into contention and then have a chance on on Sunday, and one of my favorite moments of 2020 in terms of golf, you know, Max is Max plays for a living, plays golf professionally for a living. So when you're out on the golf course watching him play and do his job, he doesn't care about you as he shouldn't. <laughs> and so I'm out there following him mo- all the round and. You know, when you if, when you go to the Phoenix Open, not this coming year, but most years, you know, you get back on 13, 14. There's not a lot of people back there, but you're in your, you know, you're locked in, you're walking straight, you're not looking around and you, you hit it in the water on 17 and you got it up and down for par and you walked by me and you just had this big smile on your face. You're like, well, I went for it. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, you did. You know, and it was just like you, I think you snapped out. Like, I think you knew you weren't going to win. You knew you had one hole left. You made a great par, just a save par there, but you'd driven it in the water and your drive was close to being really, really good. But it was just this great moment where you walked by and it was like you broke for a second. You're like, well, what are you going to do? You that, right after that, too, was was fun because on 18, I hit the farthest drive I've ever hit in my life. And I just remember I looked over at you and you looked, gave me a look and I gave you a look like that was, I don't know <laughs> what that was, but that was different. <laughs> it was a lot of adrenaline and I guess maybe to your point, like snapping out of it and freewheeling it. A shame more. Maybe I should try doing that yeah, on Thursdays. Maybe. We'll see. Um, so it is the 21st. The end of the year is coming up. I don't know if we're going to do a podcast next week. I don't know what next week's going to look like. So if we don't, uh, apologies. We want to do a beginner golf podcast before Max's season gets going that we're going to try to squeeze in at some point towards the end of the year and early next. But uh, thanks, everybody, for you know being a part of this, listening throughout the year. Uh, the comments, the messages, following the Instagram account. I'm sending in stories. I mean. The hot slot story all time is people have been, <laughs> oh, freaking they are time. all into it. I've, the, the, the kid that did it is texting me a few pictures of his different slots he's had throughout the year. Um, but that, you know, again, to Max's point earlier, that that's what makes this fun for us is we get a chance to sit around for an hour, hour and a half every week and talk about tournaments and golf and stake walks and all the, the random shit we talk about. But, you know, the stories we get sent in, the questions we get from, you know, five-year-old golfers and 10-year-old golfers and things like that. I mean, that's what, to me, it's what resonates and what makes it so exciting for us to keep doing this and to have a lot of fun with it. So big thanks for you guys listening. Can't wait for 2021, Max. I can't wait for your 2021. I can't wait for West Coast Swing. Um, I'm going to be watching you know, from a studio, getting to cover it. Uh, I have a big game for you and I, first time I have you on the show. I, honestly, I was thinking about today when you referenced up with Joel. I cannot wait. 
for the first time we get to interact on your show because I can't wait to watch it for the first time. It's going to probably be the first Golf Channel show that I watch, like actually watch. Like a, like a studio show where you're like invested in Yeah, well, like I'm invested it. in it. Uh, so I'm excited for that, but I'm excited for our first interaction because it's going to be one of those. Ra- I feel like it's when somebody goes on like Scott Van Pelt's show that knows Scott Van Pelt and it's like, <laughs> Something's probably aren't going to seem very funny except to us. And I, I can't wait for that. I'm, I'm stoked. Again, piggybacking on what Shane said, if, if this is our last podcast of the year, it's been a crazy year. I think everybody can agree. Uh, we've had a lot of turmoil uh, across the world. Um, in, in our little bubble here, uh, it's made it a lot more enjoyable and fun uh, being able to hear some of your guys' stories, to interact with everybody. Uh, I've honestly had a blast. Um, again hot slot story and all those around it uh, have been have been so a perfect distraction at times and i just like could not possibly be more thankful that we've had all these dumb things spin off into like kind of funny again like i mentioned like connections with strangers um i'm looking forward to next year when we hopefully can finally have fans so we can all share it a little bit more intimately, but um, again, Shane, thanks for having the idea for the podcast. This, is, this has honestly been a, a pretty fun, uh, a fun addition to uh, my personally already crazy life. Yeah, uh, well, that'll do it. That's uh, that's get a grip, I believe, for 2020. Again, we might do something next week, just depending on it. I'm going to be bored in Connecticut, I think, yeah, in maybe when I'm home, since I'll have no child, no dog, and no wife there. So. You know, outside of me, your being dumb it. ideas might be flying. <laughs> my, my, no, my on. dumb idea might be driving. They're good <laughs> ideas flying. No, uh, I, I just meant your dumb idea might be. That was a hey, good catch. Bad choice words. Your dumb ideas might be popping off with all this downtime. Oh, you're got. saying my, you may have a lit. You need to start writing all these down. They'd be like, you got a ticket in uh, in Kansas. What happened? I'd be like, well, I was writing down like <laughs> I had like, three really dumb ideas about corn, and I had them was writing them down. I was on idea number two. Why do we eat it on the cob? Why isn't it like a little Very Seinfeld right Uh, there. This is so great. Um, But uh, yeah, anyway, thanks so much. Uh, Again, the weird year for everybody, but I have really enjoyed this and we'll keep it going in 2021. And uh, Max, thanks for doing it. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Shane. Whether you're opening presents or maybe you're wrapping presents because it's happy holidays for all. Just don't forget, please just wash your hands. You remember one thing this year. That's the only thing Max has to tell you. Until next year, everybody. Get a Grip with Max Homa and Shane Bacon is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.